Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, Friday AM podcast. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host, here with you a lot on our our podcast platform. You can hear me, obviously, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can hear me Thursday night live on YouTube or Friday on our audio platforms with a Steelers preview. I'm doing the Mike Tomlin podcast. Tuesday press conference recap. You can check that out from yesterday. I also do our injury reports every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So you hear me a lot. And if you check out behindthesteelcurtain.com, you see a lot of my writing. It just comes with the territory. But you know what? The Steelers are about to be back. The depressing events that took place leading up to week four are behind us. They're in the rearview mirror. And sure, did anyone voluntarily say, or voluntarily say is the correct way of saying it. Did anyone say, well, I'm, I really wish the Steelers have a, a week four by this year. No, no one said that. No one ever said that. And I, I talked about this. I believe it was last Friday. And I talked about how, for some reason, I think it was my father who did this to me. Whenever the Steelers schedule came out, we'd always get one of those refrigerator magnets. I'm sure that if you grew up in the Pittsburgh area and I grew up in West Virginia, but it was still, it was still Pittsburgh territory. Everyone rooted for the Pirates, the Penguins, and the Steelers. You got one of those refrigerator magnets, and you would slap it on there, <clears throat> excuse me, and it would have all the games. And you sit there and you look at it. Okay, who did they play first? My dad wouldn't look at that. He would always go, well, where's the bye? And you go, week six, that's not bad. He always wanted the week eight bye week. Right in the middle of the season, you figure you're going to have some bumps and bruises. You're going to have some banged up players. You're going to get a break, and then you're really going to hit the second half hard. If he came in the, the later half of the season, that was okay too. But he always wanted week eight. And so when this this year, when the schedule was released, I find myself doing the same thing. When's the bye week? And I scan, holy cow. It, it was like my dad handpicked it. Week eight. And then it wasn't. <laughs> Just like that, it's gone. And now it's obviously in week four. And so a lot of fans were disappointed. And you can count me amongst those that were disappointed. But at the same time, I think that if you you consider what the Steelers are going through, the bye week itself, you know, Mike Tomlin talked about this in his press conference yesterday. He said that it was a bye week, but it really wasn't. And what he meant, what he meant by that was that they still were doing preparation for Tennessee up until Thursday because the NFL told him, You prepare as if the game is going to happen. So they did. Monday, they had meetings. Tuesday, Tomlin did a press conference, talked about Derrick Henry, talked about Ryan Tannehill, talked about the weapons they have on defense, talked about Jadavion Clowney. He went through the whole gambit. Wednesday comes, they practice. Thursday come, then all of a sudden they know after practice, things aren't going to work out. Well, then they give them Thursday, they give them Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and Monday is a is a voluntary workout or an extra bonus day, as he calls it. And they got special permission for it because it was the NFL that told them to practice the week prior. But the players did not get the four days off that's usually required, via, you know, according to the collective bargaining agreement, <clears throat> for an official bye week. doesn't matter. The NFL was okay with it. The NFLPA was okay with it. And so now you have these fans 
who are literally, you know, wringing their heads like, oh my gosh, 13 games in a row. 13 games in a row. Oh my gosh. They're imagining the injuries piling up. They're imagining the team just gimping their way into the playoffs. That's what they're thinking. And it could happen. I'm no prognosticator. If you listen to my pick segment every Friday, you know I'm not a prognosticator. But I do know this. And I'll tell you how I got this idea. Because it happened uh, yesterday on Twitter. If Mike Tomlin's smart, and this is the headline and the title of this episode, the Steelers' one-game season starts Sunday. Screw that. It starts right now. It starts right now. So this all stemmed from me. I was, I was on Twitter, and I was <clears throat> yesterday, Tuesday, was National Coaches Day. And so the Pro Football Hall of Fame out of Canton, Ohio, released a really cool about two-and-a-half-minute video about Bill Cowher, who obviously is, was slated to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, but due to COVID, it's going to be bumped back. He'll be inducted next next year. He's a Hall of Famer, <laughs> no matter how you want to slice it. And it was a two-minute segment. I watched it, and it was just, I love Coach Cowher. He was, he was my guy growing up. A lot of people like my dad, they talk about growing up with Chuck Knoll as a coach. I grew up with Bill Cowher as a coach. And it was great, and it showed the classic scene of, him coming off the field in Super Bowl 30 and his daughter, his oldest daughter comes up and she says something to him and he gives her a kiss and says, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And there was a whole, I got a little misty. I gotta be honest. I got a little misty when they told about how she said, you know, no matter what, you're my hero. And as a father of four daughters and a son, yeah, it hits hard. It hits real hard. But I, I was thinking about Cower. And I was just contemplating, and this is this is what I do like when I'm waiting for my wife to come out of the grocery store and the kids are watching a movie in the back. And I was thinking about Bill Cower, and I was thinking about his journey. His journey from replacing Chuck Knoll to Super Bowl 40 champion and then retirement. And I, I couldn't stop thinking about that 2005 season where they were left for dead. No one thought they were getting in. And there was the famous scene where he walked up to the whiteboard and he erased every single game on the whiteboard and he just put one, one game. And it was the next game. And then when they won that game, he put up the next game. It was the one game season. It was a one game season. And Mike Tomlin alluded to this last week as he was preparing for the Titans and he was bombarded with questions about everything from do you think it's fair? Do you think there should be a forfeit? Do you think there should be a deadline? And he said, look, we live our lives in the National Football League in seven-day cycles. You prepare for an opponent, the game happens, and then you start the preparation for the next. And then the next cycle begins. And so I understand that. And I think a lot of times the media and the fan base creates I guess you could call it drama. I don't think it impacts the team whatsoever, but they create this drama that they enjoy living in these hot takes that they enjoy screaming about this information or misinformation that they feel like is very important and pertinent to the team. When in reality it is not things like the Steelers have to win their next two games. There must win. Really? 
is it uh, they must win games? Because last time I checked, the Steelers are three and zero. They're atop the AFC North, and I'm pretty sure there's 13 games left in the season. I don't think must win games happen until either you win or you go home. And that could be in the regular season. It could be a you win this game and you make a play, make the playoffs, you lose this game and you don't. That's a must win game. A must win game in week five? No. No. I'm sorry, but no. Not at all. Is it an important game? Sure. A must win game? No. Not even close, people. Come on. You, this stuff about looking at the upcoming games, so you have Week 5, Philadelphia at home, Week 6, Cleveland at home, Week 7, on the road to Tennessee. Oh, my gosh, back-to-back. The next week they go to M&T Bank for the Ravens, and then they go down to Big D in Dallas for the Cowboys. I understand those five games are not the easiest road to hoe. You think the players are looking ahead to Dallas in Week 9? Do you even think that the players are looking ahead to Cleveland in week six? I can tell you the answer to that question. No. No, they're not looking ahead to week six. They're not looking ahead to week seven or to week eight or to week nine. Does that mean that they might have that Ravens game circled at the beginning of the year saying, I can't wait for this one. They beat us twice last year. I can't wait for this one. Sure. I think that's probably pretty typical. But right now, they are focused on one thing and one thing only. 4-0. Beat the Eagles at home on Sunday. That's it. That is it. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin, and folks folks out there that, are, that love to bash Tomlin, they love to say how horrible he is. They love to say that he's, not, he's no good, that he loses games, that they should win, yada, yada, yada. If there's one thing that he knows is he knows how to motivate his team and he knows how to keep them, as he calls it, singularly focused. He's going to make sure his team, look, they're probably, they probably have some pent up aggression after what happened last week. Just like the fans didn't want to buy, the players didn't want to buy. Now, Deontay Johnson, who had a concussion in week three, and we don't know if he would have played last Sunday, He's out of the protocol. Like he's already been cleared. Tomlin said that yesterday. He's been cleared. He's good to go. So maybe Deontay Johnson says, I'm thankful for that bye week. My head is right. I'm fully healed. I'm ready to go out and make some plays for my team help win. Derek Watt with his hamstring. He started to run a little bit. That doesn't mean he's going to play on Sunday, but he's a week closer and didn't have to miss any games. So maybe he's a little thankful. Same with Marcus Allen and his foot, his plantar fasciitis. But ultimately, these players didn't want a buy in week four, not when they knew they were going to get one in week eight. Eric Ebron and Cameron Hayward and a bunch of others said, man, this is some stuff. And I, they did not say stuff. They said another word that might be not safe for work. So when you're thinking about that, they're going to be frustrated. They're going to be angry. And so what are they going to do? The hope is that they take it out on the Eagles. But don't think for a second that anyone on that team is sitting there thinking, oh, man. 13 games in a row. When Mike Tomlin was asked about this in his press conference on last, I'm sorry, it wasn't on Tuesday. I believe it was Thursday. He had a kind of an emergency press conference after practice when they made the decision that they were not going to play on Sunday. 
And a reporter said, Coach, you know, what do you think about the prospect of playing 13 games in a row? Looked at the camera and said, we do not care. And I believed him. Some say he's just blowing smoke. Coach speak. Not me. I believed him. I absolutely believe him 100%. The Steelers' one-game season starts right now. It starts right now. As the preparation for the Eagles begins, they go back to practice Wednesday. They are ready for one game and one game only. And if you think about this approach, go all the way back to Cower in 2005. You know, they had to win in, many, they had to win in Minnesota, I remember. Uh, that was when Ben had the broken thumb. And he had to wear the glove on his throwing hand the entire rest of the way. Uh, then they came back and beat Chicago and they beat Detroit at home. And there's a couple other, I know there's a game I'm missing in there somewhere, but they ran the table. They did the job and it is because they took it one game at a time. So Philly's going to get their attention this week and then Cleveland gets it the next week. Then the Titans the week after, and then the Ravens. And when you think about it like that, not only will the season fly by, But holy cow, you realize that if they just take it one game at a time, just one game at a time, they'll be fine. Because when you look at this football team, if they can keep the key pieces of their roster on offense and defense together and healthy, I'm talking Ben Roethlisberger, I'm talking that offensive line, I'm talking Juju Smith-Schuster, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, Devin Bush, Vince Williams, Minka Fitzpatrick, those key players, if they can keep them all healthy, they can beat anyone. Anyone. They can beat anyone. And if you don't believe that, you haven't watched this team close enough. Has has it been pretty weeks one through three? No. But they've won all the games. They found a way. Sometimes it was with offense. Sometimes it was with defense. Sometimes it was a really clutch touchdown. I think back to James Washington's catch and run, I guess, if you want to call it a run in week one against the Giants, maybe that's what it was. Or maybe it was a key turnover. Think about Bud Dupree's sack of Drew Locke that knocked him out of the game in week two. The Steelers have scored points off of every turnover they've had this season. That's pretty impressive. But it's a one-game season starting right now. But that doesn't mean that fans can't look ahead. As much as I just bemoan the fact that fans love to look ahead, they love to get the hot takes, they love to have the latest, well, what about this matchup? There are some big, big football games coming up for this Steelers team, and we're going to dive into all of that right after this break. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All 
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Jeff Hartman here, Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor and your host of Let's Ride this Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. I appreciate you being here with me on this Wednesday in the first segment. I talked about how that singular focus that Mike Tomlin always preaches about is going to be key. But something that I sort of alluded to last week, I think it was Monday as they were preparing for, at the time, the 3-0 Titans. and we didn't know, We didn't know then that the game was going to be played, that the Steelers preseason is over. And I, I still believe that still, even with this week four by just listen to some of the games coming up. Now let's first talk about the fact that the Steelers will have not played a division game until week six, week six, when they play, when they host the Cleveland Browns at Heinz field will be the first AFC North game they've played. They're the only team in the division that has yet to play a divisional game. So that's going to be big. That's big in and of itself. This NFC game Sunday is important because you want to stay perfect. You want to stay 4-0. You want to keep keep the pace in the division. The Ravens are 3-1. The Browns are 3-1. The Bengals are 1-2-1. If the Steelers keep winning, they don't have to worry about anything anyone else is doing at all. But then you look at the fact that, okay, so the, the next division game after that is in week eight when they travel to M&T Bank Stadium. So now we're halfway through the regular season, and they've only played two divisional games. Almost all of their divisional games are backloaded. They don't play the Bengals until week 10, and that's at Heinz Field. Then they play on Thanksgiving night, and they finish up with the Bengals in week 15, and then week 17 meeting with the Browns. I, I think we all agree the hope is that that week, eight, week 17 game against the Browns means nothing that the Steelers have locked in their spot with the expanded playoffs this year. The hope is that they've already locked it up. But still, there are some big, big games looming. Now, the good news, speaking of this Sunday, is that the, the Steelers and the rest of the AFC North is paired up with the horrendous NFC East this year. The Eagles are 1-2-1, two, and one, and I'm not joking when I say that they are actually leading the NFC East with a 1-2-1 and one record. They are looking that this NFC East is looking like it could be a, I don't know, a nine and seven, nine, six and one. I don't seven, eight and one might win the division this year. I mean, just awful. It's just awful. So the Steelers still have uh, three out of four games left. They already beat the Giants in week one. So that's one of those NFC East opponents done. They play the Eagles on Sunday. Then they'll go to Dallas to play them in week nine. That's a later game. 425 should be a national televised game, I would, I would imagine. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, they they host at Heinz Field, the Washington football team, in week 13. Washington football team, one and three. Dallas Cowboys, one and three. New York Giants, yet to win a game. Eagles, one, two, and one. That's the, that's the NFC East for you folks. That's the NFC East for you. And so when you look at this season and you're thinking, okay, what else they have? Well, they got some tough games outside of the division and definitely outside of the NFC East. So they're paired up with the AFC South. Okay, so the AFC South, they already beat the Texans. All right, so one and out. Texans haven't won a game yet, though. They play the Titans in week seven. We know about the Titans. They're undefeated right now. Not sure if they'll be undefeated because they will host the Buffalo Bills this upcoming Sunday in week five. They still have to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
They're one and three, but that's down. That's down in Duval County. It's a tough place to play. The Steelers struggle there sometimes, although they do have a better history against Jacksonville in Jacksonville than they do in Pittsburgh. And then obviously they have the Indianapolis Colts at three and one. That's until week 16. You wonder what old man rivers will look like at that time. Phillip rivers, a member of the Indianapolis Colts, Boy, that that's, it's got a weird sound to it, but even outside of that, they've got the Buffalo bills who are undefeated four no on primetime on Sunday night in week 14. And they still have to deal with, uh, you know, just this is a tough slate of games, period. Tough slate of games. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, when you look at their schedule, fans love to look ahead. And I asked something in the Friday night six pack that I did last week. Dave and I, Dave Schofield, the other co-editor, we always alternate who does which week. So I'll ask the six pack of questions one week. He'll do it the next week. So my job was to do it leading up into this impromptu bye week. And I asked everyone in the that, that wanted to participate in the comment section, has this early bye week changed any of your predictions? And it's an honest question because when you're looking at, okay, who are they playing? What does it look like? What about the injuries? It can definitely impact that. So let's take a quick look. I'm going to give you just a quick glance and give you some of my predictions for the upcoming slate. Now the Eagles and the Steelers this Sunday, the Steelers are seven point favorite, by the way. And I know that just because we ran the article on Tuesday, I don't know the, I'm not going to go into the odds for every week because they're going to change so much, but the Philadelphia Eagles, Pittsburgh Steelers, you got to, you got to lean towards Pittsburgh. We'll get into that more on Friday, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. I do like, I do like the Steelers at home in that game. All right. So in other words, if, if my predictions are right, then there's, Still perfect, 5-0. and The Titans game scares me. The Ravens game, same. I don't think they lose both. I think they split. I don't think they win both either. And so that would mean 6-1. and one. They have one loss. Going down to Dallas, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because I watched Dallas and they're 1-3. and three. Dak Prescott is setting some ridiculous numbers right now from a passer statistical category. Every, every passing statistical category. He's on pace to throw for over 6,000 yards. Now, is that going to happen? Probably not. But they're not throwing penalties this year, especially holding. Scoring is at an all-time high in the National Football League. The Cowboys are capable of putting up points, and the Steelers are going to have to keep pace. That's going to be a tough test. Um, I'm not sure if they win that one or not. So we'll just say for, for the sake of things right now, let's say they drop the game in Dallas. I know they have two losses. I think they beat the Bengals. I think they beat the Jaguars. I think they split with the Ravens. I think they win on Thanksgiving. Washington should be a win. Buffalo in Buffalo. That's a tough one. Up at Orchard Park. Prime time. Could have some really, really big significance in terms of the AFC playoff picture. The Buffalo's leading the AFC East. They have like a two-game lead over the Patriots who are now 2-2. Two and two. That's incredible to think about. I think they probably will say they dropped that one. I think they sweep the Bengals this year. It's three losses. The Colts at home. I like the Steelers, the Browns on the road. Let's hope that game means nothing. And maybe they drop that one. So that would be four losses. That would be a 12 and four finishing record. 12 and four. I would take that. <laughs> I would take that in a heartbeat. I know that a lot of fans might be sitting there thinking three and zero. Do you really think that this team is going to run the table? I mean, is anyone out there listening? I don't care where you're listening, what you're doing. 
can you sit there with your headphones on or in your car or listening while you're cleaning the dishes up after dinner? Say, Jeff, this team is going to, this team is winning, winning out. They're going to run the table. They're going to win 16 and 0. I'm sorry, but the AFC North is shaping up to be one of the best and the toughest divisions in the National Football League. Period. I mean, look at the other divisions in the AFC and see, okay, which is which is comparable, which is comparable. The AFC East and New England definitely isn't as good. I mean, they lost Cam Newton last week, so you don't want to judge them too much. Buffalo's not bad. The Jets are awful. Dolphins are awful. The South, Jacksonville's not good. The Colts, competitive. Texans are awful. Uh, you know, you look at the other teams in the AFC West. The Chiefs are great. The Chargers are competitive. The Denver Broncos are no good. Ugh, the Raiders, nah, not really. The North, man, I tell you what. When you have a Bengals team that's led by Joe Burrow, which I hate to say this, I hate to say it, I think the Bengals found their guy. I think the Bengals found their guy. He is a leader. He's voted captain as a rookie. Uh, we make fun of the fact that he has small hands by metrics at the NFL scouting combine. But other than that, he's got the moxie. He's got the charisma. He's got the toughness. Man, that guy's takes him, taking some hits already in the first four weeks of the season. And he keeps getting up, keeps getting up, keeps ticking. I think that this team is, is the Bengals team is not going to be an easy out for anyone. And they'll win some games this year. They will definitely win some games this year. But you can't tell me that the Browns, with all that firepower on offense, I know they just lost Nick Chubb, but they still have Kareem Hunt. Baker Mayfield, when he is standing upright and has the time, can still make plays. Jarvis Landry, uh, Hooper at tight end. Najoku's coming back. Odell Beckham Jr. coming off a game where he had three touchdowns, two two receiving, one rushing. Their defense is, is suspect. But ultimately, they're also they're opportunistic. They're going to create plays. They're going to give their offense a couple extra possessions. They're going to be a tough team to beat. Baltimore, I shouldn't have to say anything. They've won the division the last two years. Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson, the most valuable player in the National Football League per the voters in 2019. He has not shown he can win the big game yet, but he has shown he can win a lot of games. You look at Mark Andrews. You look at Ingram. Uh, Dobbins, they've got an unbelievable arsenal of running backs. Uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown on the outside. They have some weapons. They have an offense that's legit. Their defense has some question marks, but their offense is legit. So tell me another division in football that is this good and this deep top to bottom. I'm trying to think about the NFC, and I'm not as akin to the NFC as I am the AFC, obviously, because the Steelers are not in the NFC. But you think about the NFC West, Cardinals are competitive, Rams are competitive, um, the 49ers are competitive, and Seahawks. That might be the only division. The NFC West might be the only division in the National Football League you could say is better than the AFC North, top to bottom. Because then you go, we talked about the NFC East, it's awful. The NFC North, Bears, I'm not really popping any champagne over them. They don't even have a good quarterback between Foles and Trubisky. Green Bay looks great. The Lions aren't any good. Vikings aren't any good. NFC South, Carolina's competitive. Atlanta stinks. New Orleans and Tampa Bay are the cream of that crop. I think I've figured it out. The AFC North is maybe number two only to the NFC West. I think it's the best division in the AFC, 
but I think it might be the second best division in football. So it's going to be tough for the Steelers to bring this full circle. This is not going to be an easy stretch. But again, again, this is stuff that only fans talk about. This is stuff that only the media brings up. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not looking at what Phillip Rivers is going to look like in Week 16 when the Indianapolis Colts come to Heinz Field for the regular season finale at home. They're not going to talk. They're not talking about that. They just aren't. They're going to be talking about one game, and that's the next game. October 11th, 1 o'clock kickoff Eastern Time. Keystone State rivalry. The Philadelphia Eagles come across state for a Fox broadcast in week five. That's all they're thinking about. I guarantee you that's all they're thinking about. They, Like I said, they might have the Ravens game circled on their calendar, but that doesn't mean that they're preparing for that. They have this a one-game season. And so if Mike Tomlin is smart, and he is a smart guy, like him or not, he is an intelligent, really good motivational coach. He might not be the best X's and O's guys, but when it comes to motivating his team, I don't think there's many that are better. If he's pulling something from, hey, go back to Coach Cower, erase that schedule and put one game up. And this is not a must-win game, but it's one game. Just focus on this game. The Philadelphia Eagles coming to town, get to 4-0, and then you worry about the Browns and that first AFC North game, and that's something to get pumped up about. But if you're like me, you're just pumped up for Steelers football. It was taken away from you last week. That's what it felt like. I think that's what I finally figured out. It felt like it was taken away from us. It wasn't scheduled to be an off day, but they took it away from us. That's what gets me upset. But it's back, and we're back. The audio platform never went anywhere. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com never went anywhere. And I sure as heck never went anywhere. But the football team is coming back this Sunday, and I hope you're excited for it, as excited as I am. With that said, I hope you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs, whether it's audio, film rooms, commentary, breaking news, we have it all. And then make sure you check out our podcast platform wherever you get your podcasts. Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Anchor, uh, Spotify, Pandora, wherever it is, follow us. Subscribe, whatever it is on those other platforms that I'm not aware of so that you don't miss a thing. And if you want to even follow us on YouTube to check out some of those PM shows live, go to youtube.com and search BTSC Steelers Radio and subscribe. We appreciate it. I appreciate all of you all for listening to me. I hope you enjoy the show because I enjoy doing it. And I hope that comes off as genuine because it is. I really do enjoy the show. I enjoy talking with fans through this medium. I wish we could interact, but I think this is perfect the way that it is. And the Steelers are perfect. 3-0, and hoping to be 4-0 this Sunday. Heinz Field, 1 o'clock, Philadelphia Eagles. Friday, I will be back to give you my prediction, to break down this upcoming game, and to give you my awful picks again. So make sure that you're checking into all of our content. I'll be back later on today to give you the first Steelers injury report recap in then, or I should say, until then, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers.